I'd like to welcome you all who are worshiping with us this day over the means of online in this way that we can be together across time and space and place. Let us pause to prepare our hearts and our minds for worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, <clears throat> word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by Christ's authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O God, mighty and immortal, you know that as fragile creatures surrounded by great dangers, we cannot by ourselves stand upright. Give us strength of mind and body so that even when we suffer because of human sin, we may rise victorious through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first reading this day will be from Isaiah, the 58th chapter. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness, and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places, and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt, you shall raise up the foundations for many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, from pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, serving your own interests, or pursuing your own affairs, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride upon the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestor Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
And this is the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with the spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. And this is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, one summer day when I was a young child, I fell off my bike riding around the driveway. We had a gravel driveway, and I scraped up my knee pretty bad. I remember taking myself into the house and I found my mom and she took me into the bathroom to wash it out, get the gravel out of my knee and bandage me up. And while she was doing this, our phone started ringing and to my curiosity, mom was ignoring it. I had seen her set down a book she was reading or pause in making supper or set down her knitting to go and answer the phone plenty of times. So I was curious as to why she wasn't pausing to go up and get it and then keep talking on the phone while she finished bandaging me up. And so I asked her why she was just letting it ring instead of going to answer it and then multitasking on the phone with finishing me cleaning up. And I remember that she looked at me kind of funny, as though I had said something particularly odd, and she said to me, Because I love you. And this is more important right now. I can always call whomever it is back later. And while I am certain that I had seen it done numerous times before that memory, this is the earliest time that I can remember learning that love causes us to prioritize things differently. And sometimes it can be in ways that are unexpected. Our story from Luke today deals with the norms and expectations of the Sabbath and what one can or cannot do on the Sabbath. It's important to know that Jesus followed the Jewish Sabbath rituals, which are very different from how we as Christians practice the Sabbath. Just like there are a variety of denominations in Christianity who each do some things differently, there are certainly different movements within Judaism that practice the Sabbath differently. But in general... On the Sabbath, there is to be no work done, and in many Jewish families then and still today, meals are prepared the day before so that there is no cooking on the Sabbath. There is to be no shopping, no mending or fixing. 
The only work that was acceptable was what was needed to be done to keep themselves, their family, and their livestock alive. In some ways, I think we could learn a lot from our Jewish siblings about what it means to follow the commandment, remember the Sabbath, and keep it holy, but that's another discussion. So in curing this woman, this woman who had been living with her ailment for 18 years, Jesus broke some religious and cultural norms and expectations about what the Sabbath was for. People felt that he was dishonoring the gift that God had given the people of having a day of rest by Jesus curing this woman. So it wasn't just that they were upset with Jesus because they didn't like him. They were upset with Jesus because he was threatening and, in their opinion, dishonoring their understanding of God and, indeed, their understanding of the world in general. And this is something that was deeply troubling to them at a foundational level of their understanding of who they are and how God works in the world. Now, Jesus isn't just shattering people's ideas of how God works in the world just for the sake of having a cool shock factor. This is about the inbreaking of God's kingdom into the world. This is about how God's love for God's people breaks into the world when we least expect it. As silly as it may sound, five- or six-year-old me expected my mom to go and answer the ringing phone because that was what I knew. The phone ringed. Someone's an- someone answers it. But love made her respond differently. Jesus' love for the woman made him respond differently. And the fruit of his different response was that this woman who had been bound for 18 years could now experience the Sabbath and indeed all of life more fully. And now this different response of Jesus shouldn't be seen as an asterisk or as an exception to the norms and expectations of the Sabbath. Jesus is teaching that this is the new norm. This is the expectation. This is Sabbath. This is God's kingdom in action. The fruit of God's love for all creation in Jesus Christ is new life and wholeness and healing. And there are so many in our world, even some of us who, like the woman Jesus healed, are in need of God's transformative love in Jesus Christ. There are so many who are in need of the kingdom of God to break into their lives. And I've seen how we do this in different ways around our churches. Donations of money and time to help feed the children at the schools is an inbreaking of God's kingdom into those children's lives. The basket raffle proceeds, which will go to the Calco and the fire department, are an inbreaking of God's kingdom to this community. And these are just some examples. And there are certainly other people who need who need God's kingdom and other ways to part. And there are certainly other ways to participate in the inbreaking of this kingdom. And it challenges the norms and expectations of our world that tell us to just go it alone that each individual alone is responsible for what happens to them. God's love and God's kingdom say differently and remind us that we need each other, that we are intrinsically linked to one another and that when one suffers, we all suffer. And when one rejoices, we all rejoice. 
We know this to be true in the ultimate inbreaking of God's kingdom in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who loves all, who died for all, and who conquered death for all. This love which is for you and for all people and defies all norms and expectations of what a Savior should be like. This love which sees those that the world would rather ignore and says, you are set free from your ailment. And there is nothing that can take this promise away from us. It could not take away the promise from the woman who had been ailing for 18 years. There is nothing that can take away this promise from you or from anyone else. Amen. Thanks be to God. We will continue with our hymn of the day. It will be Thine the Amen. And I encourage you to sing along if you are able.
We will continue with our confession of faith, joining the whole church in confessing the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you with grace and mercy. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. And now we go in peace to share the good news. Thanks be to God.